Hey guys, it's Sam Valentine here. Usually, here's how this would go. I would spend two to three months collecting and scheduling guests, curating podcasts, and getting everything ready to distribute one week at a time, a full season for you that took a few months to put together. However, you know, my concern for perfectionism has really dropped to a bottom level, so fuck it. How's about a season six? Here's the thought process. A lot of people are free right now. A lot of people, like casting directors and agents and managers that I usually would have a very hard time getting a hold of, are readily available. And a lot of you guys have some extra time too, But most importantly, a lot of us just don't know what is coming up in the future. Like what is going to happen in the next couple of months. It's stressful. It's a lot. I don't have exact answers, but I want to talk to people who are in the know of what's going on and what's happening. So that's what this is going to be. Season six is going to be interviews with people who are actively working through this time. It's going to be a lot of casting directors. It's going to be managers, agents, actors who are trying to find side projects right now who are filling their time to help other actors. Kind of what I'm doing. It's going to be a mishmash. It's going to be... Evergreen episodes, meaning there are going to be a lot of things we talk about that are useful for any time you listen to them. But we're also going to talk a lot on each episode about what the future looks like, about what individual casting directors think actors should be doing now, about what management would like to see actors coming out of quarantine like, about what actors are doing to fill their time and to stay centered and stay grounded and stay alive, but also creative and happy and And it doesn't necessarily look like you think it's going to look. Not everyone is going to be doing 1,700 personal monologues or making their own movie or writing a script or learning a language. Some of us are just waking up in the morning and trying to get to lunch. And I think the common theme here is just community and survival. And that's what this season is going to be. This is going to be all of us talking about things past, present, and future. This is going to be... I don't know, really, because I'm still unsure how this is going to go, but um, I'm really excited to give you something to look forward to, something to work on, or just something to fill your day with a little bit of brightness. So without further ado, please enjoy season six of the One Broke Actress podcast. Okay, guys, we are starting episode one with a name you have seen in your inbox probably every day for the last four weeks. Jenna Doolittle is our first guest on this podcast because she is not only an awesome actress and producer and generally hilarious, really kind person, she also is the face and name of the Actor Quarantine newsletter that has been going around listing every single day all of the activities and lives and self-tape contests and all the casting director workshops and things, and she's been getting it into your email every single day. When I found out about this, I was like, well, I have to know this girl. She sounds right up my alley. I was so excited to get to talk to Jenna about her career and how she came to be where she is, and so that's probably the first half of this podcast episode, and then as we get into a little bit later in the podcast, we are really going to talk about quarantine things. We're going to talk about how we're dealing with COVID, about what she sees in her future, 
And most importantly to me, what the woman behind the newsletter is doing with her free time, what she is choosing to do, what she is choosing not to do. And I think the answer is probably going to surprise you. Also, please note, this podcast is one of the first ones I did over Zoom, so I am still learning a lot about this platform. So please forgive any audio discrepancies you hear, basically for this entire season. All right, guys, without further ado, please enjoy Jenna Doolittle. All right, we are off to the races. Hi, Jenna. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited for you to be here because I've been, you know, just seeing your face and reading your emails now for four, six, 1500 weeks. I don't know. <laughs> what is time right now? What is time? So if you guys have been getting uh, the actor email that's been going around that has a list of everything that's going on basically for us to do in quarantine, um, today we're going to meet the woman behind it. So Jenna, will you introduce yourself and kind of tell us a little bit about you in LA? Because I hear you are just a, a person who has their hand in every pot. Oh, that's kind. I don't know about that. Um, I, I, my name's Jenna Doolittle, and I do joke that I'm a Doolittle who does a lot, which has been a running joke um, for years of my life. But um, yeah, I just I started this newsletter because I wanted to find a way to help people and to give back during this time because I. I just felt like I was in a position where I had more information, more time, and some more resources than a lot of other people did, and I wanted to help. So I you know, and also selfishly, like my friends were texting me and they were like, how do I do X, Y, and Z? And I was like, Maybe if I just put all of this information in one place, they can get it. And I don't have to send 5,000 text messages. Yes. <laughs> how did you become this person who everyone goes to for this kind of thing? Is this, so are you just like a type A, have you always done these things? Have you always been the organized person? I'm organized in some ways, but my husband will tell you, like, if you look at my computer, it's a t- total disaster. He is, uh, <laughs> he likes things neat and tidy, whereas things that are important to me are organized, but it's my own messy system. Um, I am a business of acting coach of actors. I work with actors and help them on their careers. I haven't been one of those coaches that's like, woo, look at me, look at my business. Um, uh-huh. I, I worked for another company for years, um, Career Activate, which is a great company, and recently have gone off on my own and um, my company's name is Actors Rise. And, uh, but also I'm an actor, used to produce theater in New York City and um, have worked in casting before. So I guess that's part of the reason why I have some more information than other people, I think. Mm -hmm. And um, I also volunteer a lot with the union and I'm super into uh, being pro-union and, you know, into (laughs) SAG-AFTRA. Amazing, amazing. And your, uh, you said before this, we have a lot of similarities. What, what do you yes, mean? <laughs> we have so many similarities. Sorry. I was excited to talk to you because I'm, I basically just want you to be my friend now. <laughs> I, I mean, right back at you. <laughs> um, no, it's just kind of crazy. I know that you are recently engaged and I'm so sorry to hear that you had to postpone your wedding. I can't believe what you're going through during uh, this time. It's okay. I probably wouldn't have fit in my wedding dress after this. <laughs> oh my gosh, do not say that about yourself. <laughs> no, I'm having oh, the best, I'm having the best time. So like, okay. it's cool. <laughs> okay. Um, but I recently was married this past year. So you can hate me for that right now. Congratulations. But, um, no, no, no. That's amazing. Thanks. Um, 
but you know, you were saying on, on the podcast that was interviewing you, like you have major imposter syndrome and that's something I think I experience daily, whether it's as an actor or as an actor's coach, it's something that, you know, we're all dealing with and trying to put ourselves out in the world as one thing sometimes is really scary. And even for me, like being on this podcast is very vulnerable and I'm like, ah, how are people going to judge me and what are they going to think? But at the same time, if I can reach more people with the newsletter and help more people, then I'm all about it. Um, there's a bunch of different other ways that were similar, but I, I don't know. I'll tell you <laughs> No, it's absolutely true. And I think that's such a huge one. And I think it's coming up a lot right now because people are having trouble and we'll get to like quarantine type things. Um, but I think people are having trouble validating themselves right now because if you validate yourself as, you know, someone who auditions a lot or this working actor, if you, if you've identified yourself with a job that is not currently to be had, I think there's a lot of, um, who actually am I things going on in people's heads. During quarantine, for sure. But I even think before that, there's a lot of feeling of, well, am I an actor if I'm not auditioning? A lot, yes. You know? Oh my God. I mean, I have that conversation with myself daily, uh, yeah. all the time. <laughs> course you are is the answer of course you are but it's it's how do we you know remedy that in our side insides and how do we kind of come to terms with being truthful about who we are and accepting ourselves because I think that's where it all comes from and I love that you talk about going to therapy because I'm super pro therapy and go to therapy too so <laughs> thank I god I started that before this all happened <laughs> right right I'm seeing my therapist virtually once a week it's so helpful oh, it's amazing yeah. So uh, what, talk to me about your uh, journey to becoming an actor and then a coach, because I'm fascinated by this. Like, where did you start studying acting? Did you go to college? Did you just like start working in LA? Like, what's your process? Yeah. I mean, I started acting when I was a little kid, actually. I was actually really shy and my older cousins were doing theater and I just wanted to to do whatever they were doing. So I really wanted to be them. And um, I was really lucky. My grandmother used to take us to the theater in, in Rhode Island and um, she would take us into New York City to see Broadway plays. And the theater and the arts were an important part of my family's kind of, you know, chemistry and community. And we all go see plays together. And that was really important. My grandmother and grandfather actually, they used to have a play reading club at their house in their like 70s where they'd invite all their friends over and read plays. And in retrospect, I never went because I was young, young when this happened, but I just love that they did that. And, you know, when I was, as I got older, acting really brought me out of my shell doing musicals and doing all this community theater. And um, my grandmother like played Clara, old Clara and the Nutcracker, and I played young Clara. So there were all these like fun, fun things like that. But um, yeah, I, I did it because they did it, but I never really thought it would be what I would do with the rest of my life. I thought I was going to be a nurse when I was young because that was like practical. Wait, um, that's really funny because your IMDb is stacked with nurse credits. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of come full circle. Amazing. Um, yeah. But I, I, you picked up on that very quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I then but I loved it. So I wanted to go to school and I wanted to still be practical. So I wanted to get a well-rounded education, but I also still wanted to study theater because by that time I had become very invested in it. My cousins weren't really doing it anymore, but this had become my identity and my, my thing that made mm -hmm. me happy. And so I went to the University of Mary Washington in um, Virginia and studied theater, but it wasn't like a conservatory program. So I really got a well-rounded education there. Um, 
focused also on the business and marketing and other things that I think a lot of programs actually lack, which I'm really proud of my program for being very smart about preparing us for a life in the theater that wasn't just maybe acting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went there, loved it. And then I moved straight to New York City because I thought that's what you did if you wanted to be a theater actor and um, fell flat on my face as most actors do. <laughs> Great. Great. Were you trying to audition? Were you trying to, like, what were you doing while you were there? I was trying to audition. And in college, I kind of found that while I loved musical theater, if I wasn't the best at it in my college, it probably wasn't going to happen for me in New York either. And I really found a love for, for more classical plays. But still, you know, I got to New York and I thought, well, let me do these musical theater open calls. And uh, after about a year of those 5 a.m.s wake ups and not really getting anywhere, I realized like that wasn't where I was supposed to be. I was never going to be that dancer, that singer. Um, But for me, like the path never really was like, oh, I want to be on television or I want to be in film. That just kind of has evolved as I've evolved as a person. Okay. Uh, Which I think is weird because I think most people out here were like obsessed with television and film and that really wasn't my reality. I was obsessed with theater. Um, I'm such a dork. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So you were the theater kid, okay. (laughs) Totally, totally. I had friends though. I was very lucky. I had a very (laughs) good friends. Um, Okay, Anne Hathaway, okay. Yeah, so so I, but I kind of didn't know what I was doing when I got to New York and everything fell apart. And my now husband actually and I were together then in New York. I've known him since seventh grade. That's a whole nother podcast. Wow. Yeah, but um, we, we broke up and he, he moved to Los Angeles and I stayed in New York and um, I kind of fell into like assistant directing and then I fell into producing. And for a while I thought I was going to be a Broadway producer. I went to the Commercial Theater Institute's like 16-week producing program. I produced a show off-Broadway that ran for a year. I produced a downtown theater festival. So I had all this kind of like business stuff. I still loved acting and I was still taking classes and I still did some incredible theater while I was there, but like I didn't know how to get an agent or how to really make anything happen to move yeah. the needle forward as I think most actors experience when they move to a big city fresh out of university. Yeah. I mean, it's not really taught to you that it's, it's almost just like a timing thing. You just have to give yourself extra time to network before you, I don't know how you would really teach everyone to slow down for two years. (laughs) I think you need a mentor. And I do think you, if you can find a business coach early on, it's somebody who can teach you a lot of the things to speed things along for yourself. I I mean, I wish I had sought that out early on, but I also think my journey kind of happens naturally and I'm happy for where I am. Um, so anyway, to get to Los Angeles, yeah. my now husband was here and we'd been broken up for a long time, but he was my person and we were, would see each other at Christmas, whatever. So, um, <laughs> this is adorable <laughs> or smartly, however you want to look at it. I moved across the country and moved in with him <laughs> and talk about jumping and the net will appear. <laughs> yeah. It was terrifying. I just realized though that my time in New York, I, I was ready for change. I was kind mm-hmm. of ready for something new, but moving here was really scary because there isn't really a theater industry. And that's how I was making a living was I I was waiting tables too, of course, Mm -hmm. but I was producing and I was working as a producer's assistant. So when I moved here, I started working in commercial casting because that seemed like an easier end. And I did that for a while and I liked it, but I knew- As like like an assistant? 
in a yeah. casting office? Yeah. Okay. Um, in commercials though for Stuart Stone casting. And mm-hmm. I learned a lot and it was great because I learned more about, you know, commercials and this, how LA operates. And then my husband was just like, can you just take an acting class so you can make some friends? <laughs> because you're really sad and you don't know people. Because in a commercial office, you know, it's you and the casting director. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I did, thankfully, and I met some incredible people. And then it just reinvigorated my love for the craft. And I didn't really start acting, acting, pursuing it really aggressively right away because I wanted to get my craft back up to the level that I felt really comfortable with because I'd kind of been half in acting for a while and so I took a lot of courses um and then and then I was all in and then I was like how do I do this like what do I do did you feel like there was a transition time between New York and LA where you had to learn the difference between theatrical and film acting or do you feel like you picked that up when you were working in casting I think I picked some of it up working in casting, but I definitely absolutely 1000% had to take on camera classes and audition technique classes. I would, I, I would have been completely lost had I not taken those courses. And were there, were there any places you went that uh, really helped you out when you first got to LA? Yeah. Well, I, I started at Anthony Mindell's actors workshop. And for me, that was a great kind of getting back into acting again and feeling really comfortable with myself. And I worked with Caitlin Chesna for a while who I loved, but then I wanted the on camera and I found Billy O'Leary and I loved his course. And then I now mostly work with Amy Deshaies who also worked with him. Um, and I just learned so much about like how to audition for TV and film from working with those guys. And I'm so grateful to them. That's awesome. Yeah. So you got your feet wet and then did you, how did you go about finding your first agents? Because I think that that's an, always such an interesting question and says a very different things about LA. Yeah. Well, I ended up, how did I find my first agent? I don't even remember who my first agent out here was. That's how many agents and managers I think I've gone through. Okay. Same. I am not on that, like Hollywood, the high school sweetheart, Hollywood agent story of like having the same person. I have tried and true so many of them. But I, I think personally, that's so important to move on if you're not getting what you need. I do think sometimes people want to do it too quickly and they don't give it a chance. But I think you know, for a lot of actors, you do have to find your person and you do have to find somebody who understands your brand and your type and what you're good at. Um, so I think I thought, I think I had a manager first now that I'm thinking through it. And I, I cold email, I cold emailed people. I, I pitched myself. Um, but I had started working with a business of acting coach by then. And so I really listened to everything that they said and learned a lot and used the tools that I had learned from networking in business and from, you know, I used a referral from that casting director to get other opportunities. So that was cool. Who told you to get a business coach? Because that is something I, I did it a couple of years ago and I wish I would have done it for the day I got here. Nobody told me to do it, but it was, there was a free offering at, at Anthony Mindell and I went mm-hmm. and I signed up and I'm so glad that I did. I, I learned so much from them. And um, then I started also working as a reader at casting director workshop places. And I learned so much from the other readers there and from also just watching people basically audition, but obviously not audition. Um, and now I am still a reader at Next Level. So awesome. I love doing that and I find it super valuable. Oh, I wonder if I've met you there before then. Maybe. 
possible. Maybe. <laughs> I've known who you are for a long time though. So I probably would have introduced myself to you because I'm that person. So I, I would have felt really special. <laughs> you were a known commodity. In <laughs> ooh, ooh, feeling real good from my quarantine home. <laughs> good, good, you um, how did you get into coach? Like what, what, tell me about your coaching and tell me about that because I feel like that uh, I want to touch on that and then I want to go into talking about some SAG stuff because I know you're super pro union. Um, so tell me how you got into the coaching world. So I was a client of Career Activate for a long time and um, worked with them. And then they actually asked me to consider coaching. And I was like, no way. I don't know enough. I don't think I'm qualified to do this. No, no, no. Um, and they said, you know what, we think you you are and you should try it. And um, they were really lovely and encouraging. And I did and I stepped out of my comfort zone and I started working with clients and I did it for about three years with them and just recently left them and they're a wonderful company. I just was ready for something new for myself. So now you work f- uh, independently. Yeah. And just take clients on privately. And I just like, like it because I have more control over who I see and how I structure my coaching time with them and um, just can have control more over, you know, what, what I'm putting out in the world. Has that uh, changed your acting at all to be coaching others and learning from that? I learn a lot from my clients, but I also sometimes don't pay enough attention to my own career. <laughs> I have to say, um, sometimes I'm giving people, you know, my expertise and opinion on stuff. And I'm like, Oh crap, I haven't sent my, you know, updates recently, or I need to do that too. Um, I think it's always important to have somebody else looking at your career and helping you and holding you accountable. I have an accountability buddy, shout out to you, Rachel, you're amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we work together, which is really helpful. But, you know, I even think it would be helpful for me to sit down with somebody who's ahead of me in, in career-wise to sit down and just get insight because it's hard to see, you know, the forest through the trees kind of thing about yourself. That's so true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of things do you feel like you most commonly see with the people you're coaching and helping out and advising? Because I know we, listen, we cover a lot of things in the podcast about, you know, common mistakes and stuff, but there's something about the repetition of knowing uh, that a lot of people struggle with confidence, that a lot of people struggle with this and that. And it just, I feel like there's a comfort to that. So I'm just curious what like the common things you see are. There's just so much fear, I think, of putting yourselves out there, whether that's, you know, self-promotion in a way, but also about actually connecting with people directly, I think, you know, sharing, trying to have a relationship with whether it be like a casting director or an agent, and also just asking for what you want in this world. I think a lot of people are scared to say, hey, I'm looking for an agent, like, would you be able to help me? Or, you know, it's, it's very challenging for people to put themselves out there. It's scary. There's a lot of what I work with people is just getting through their fear and like ripping that bandaid off and sending that email that scares them and um, really putting themselves first. But a a lot of it also is just knowing what you want and being really clear about that. And then starting backwards, like what steps do you need to get there and having somebody help guide you along. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it gets very confusing, right? Like there's so much to do, so much you can always choose from. And I mean, the, where we're living right now, it's, you know, it's March 27th of April, 27th, who knows, of, of the middle of COVID. And it's like, 
everyone could be practicing everything or they could be practicing nothing or they, you know, it's, it's hard. Have you, have you had clients who have been like confused or off during this time? I'm sure. During this time, I would set aside in a completely different bucket than the rest of the time that I coach people. I treat it very differently in a lot of ways. Um, I'm talking to my clients a lot about what do you want to do? Like what are, what excites you right now? Um, let's talk about that. So like one of my clients made like a little short cause he was excited to do that. And that's something great for his career, but he also wanted to do it. So great. Do it. Am I going to really hold a flame to your butt for not maybe composing those pitch emails or sending your updates right now? If that doesn't align with where you're at right now, don't do it. Don't. I mean, we're living in a time of trauma and we're all processing it differently. I think you have to ask yourself, like, what do you want to do for your career? Um, And, you know, obviously if there's something that you feel like you have to do for your career, then I think if you can say, okay, like I will do this for five minutes today, give yourself just that. I often say to my clients, give yourself 60 seconds to do something that you, that's a new habit or something. Like if you don't want to really meditate, but you also do want to try it. Like just do it for sixty seconds. You don't have to meditate for ten hours. Working out sixty seconds. You're more than likely going to do way more than that. It's just like about starting. Have you read James Clear, his uh, Atomic Habits book? I don't think so, but I also embarrassingly have a terrible memory for things like that. <laughs> so um, I'd have to ask my husband. He can tell you if I read it. <laughs> It's a, uh, he, he has some chapters that are very similar to that. I think if not great book recommendation, but, uh, yeah, it's very similar just to do something. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's weird. And I think, you know, I think that's also an interesting concept because almost in an evergreen way, like, uh, if someone listened to this podcast in two years and this was no longer the situation, right. I think there's something to be said for that in everyday life. Like we get so caught up in what we're supposed to do that we kind of forget that we live in a career where like we kind of can do a lot of have more time for things that a lot of people, a lot of other professions might not. Yeah. And we can do, I mean, we forget that like, this is a creative, juicy, amazing, like yummy thing being an actor that we get to do. And like, there should be joy in that. And I'm saying should be, and then I'm judging myself, but you know, you want to find that joy that initially brought you into it. Uh, but right now it's just, it's really challenging. And, you know, I, you said, we're going to talk about the newsletter, but that's, that is the reason why I kind of, for me, it's like a menu. I don't want people to feel like they should or have to be doing everything in it. It's just like, what, what's exciting to you today about it? And if there's nothing, that's okay too. But just if you are at least in the know of what's going on, that's going to make you feel a little bit better, hopefully. But don't feel like you need to do everything. My God, that's like one of my biggest fears about the newsletter. Just do what you want to do. This is so good because I think I've been talking to a lot of actors. They've messaged me and reached out about um, uh, actor guilt. And this is something I was actually going to make a podcast for in like February before this all happened. And now it seems more relevant than ever. But I'm curious, like there is a whole, that email newsletter, I feel like is just such a resource book of stuff that you've really put together what have you been doing? Well, I've been spending a lot of time putting the newsletter together. (laughs) 
And um, I'm going to tell you though, that for me, gives me a sense of purpose in my day. It yes. gives me something that I'm passionate about that makes me feel connected to, to my community. And um, it's actually affording me lots of amazing opportunities. Like I'm here today talking to you. So I'm putting most of my energy right now in that. Um, have I done some of the open calls? Absolutely. I've done most of them. I've done a lot of the um, database updates for casting directors. And um, I've listened to a couple Instagram lives, but mostly in the background while I'm doing something else and more just so I get a feel for the essence of the person. So if I get called in, I will be less nervous because I'll already have a, you know, feeling of who they are. Yeah. yeah. And then in terms of like other life stuff, you know, I've been trying to read books that I enjoy more and I've been working out every day and that has completely saved me. Uh, I've been going, talking to my therapist, but I've also had complete and total meltdowns some days, like absolute complete meltdowns. <laughs> so yes. I think even for people who may look like they have it all together, nobody does right now. And that's okay. I think that's going to be really nice for people to hear because there's just so much noise that's happening right now that to have someone who's putting together a collection of resources still be like, some days I don't do much. Oh my gosh, Sam. I helped helped run this mental health panel. I think it was last week or two weeks ago. Who knows? What's time? (laughs) literally right after the panel and we had these incredible panelists on i i really hardly had anything to do with it evan bass shout out to him he did an amazing job and you should listen to it if you're listening it's a great resource um where's it uh, who put it on um evan bass just did it and he asked me to be a part of it it's it was for sag after actors but not officially sanctioned by the union uh and right after this wonderful great information where they were sharing things that made me feel way more centered. We got some information about a change that's happening at my house where they're going to start doing construction outside. And I completely lost it. Like sob fest could not stop crying because for me, my sanctuary has been working out in my garage right now. And to have that being taken away from me and also to have more responsibility put on me of you have to make a lot of new decisions about what's going to be going on and you're gonna have people in your space during COVID and believe me I recognize I'm in a very privileged position to say all of these things Mm -hmm. but that's okay because this is my feelings and my feelings are valid and my feelings in that moment were oh my god my life is over it's falling apart I need to cry and I got it out and we move forward (laughs) But, (laughs) but like these things happen and it's okay. <laughs> yeah. No, it's such a weird time because it can feel like it. some days, like last week I had a podcast scheduled every day. I had a reason to get my workout done, to shower, to, and I was like, this is great. And then I looked at this week and I was like, hmm, after Wednesday, I got nothing. I'm like, hmm, I'm kind of sad for no certain reason. It's just the, you know, you find a groove and then you fall out of it and then you feel empty again. It's just a weird, it's, it's so fucking weird, man. Cause even if this was normal time, I would have work to go to, you know? Yeah. You'd have your day job. You'd have, mm-hmm. you know, I think you teach at set and flow sometimes. Right? Oh, I used to. Yeah. 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 I used to live down the street. So that's another similarity. And I went there. Oh, oh, wow. oh. That's so fun. Yeah, it was a great, oh, that was a fun job. I mean, I'm, I don't miss hot yoga in the summer, but it was fun. That's why I had to stop going because I can't deal with heated classes. I'm, if, if you have learned anything about my, 
I mean, I push myself so hard in anything that I do. So I can't do hot classes because I can't breathe. And no. <laughs> Probably for the best you left. Um, <laughs> I too was like kind of done with it. And that was, I mean, like that's, you know, for example, a small thing that I thought would be a consistent part of my life. And I had to walk away from something I thought would be a career almost in a way. I'm, yeah. I'm curious how what your opinion is on this. I've been talking to a lot of people about this day and I was like, oh, this is be fun to talk to you about. I'm curious how this is going to affect people's long-term goals and their side jobs. I feel like people are going to actors, for example, myself, I was like, oh, I, I think I'm going to have some time to finally make, like I do food prep for people. I could possibly actually reach that out into a business after this because I don't know if acting jobs are going to be as common for a minute. I could take time and do stuff for myself. And I feel a weird freedom with that today. (laughs) But I'm curious what your thoughts are on actors' side jobs and how we're going to kind of function. Yeah. I mean, that's a great question. And I think it's something that we're all trying to figure out together right now. And I think it's confusing. I think you know, one thing I would say right now is if you can take stock of your financial situation currently, I think that's really important. And I was listening to your podcast and it sounds like you should not be called the one broke actress podcast. You should be called the one financially savvy badass (laughs) podcast. I mean, Um, I should be called the one learned from her fiance everything podcast because I was just a mess. But I had guidance. I've had guidance and I'm also 31. Yeah. They're almost 32. So but you've received, was far away. You've received that guidance and that's great. And I mean, there, there is guidance out there. Like I've been touting Miata Udoga's courses oh. at the Actors Fund and I know Audrey she's just the has and, Yeah, she's amazing. And I, I highly recommend people go, go to take her class if you can. I don't know what it's going to look like afterwards. I don't think any of us do. And that's scary. And um, that's okay. I mean, it's, everything's uncertain right now. And I think we're all going to have to navigate it together. Um, that's another reason why I'm trying to provide so many resources for financial health right now. So you can get things in line. So you can start thinking about, um, how to, how to function. But I also think if you have this meal prep idea, it's like, maybe you could be doing something now in order to move that forward right now. Does anything about that excite you? Because uh, I do think that's a really cool idea and an interesting thing to to spend time doing. Yeah, it's something that it's. Uh, I I I do it for families individually, uh, but I have never spent the time to make it into a financially relevant beyond like a little bit of money here and there business because. I just, uh, my job revolved around going to the next audition or finding a way to the next audition. And I do think that's still going to be our job, but I think it's going to, I, it just sounds as though we are going to have some time. (laughs) Yeah, I think we are. And I I mean, but I also have to say actors are so smart and adaptable. And I mean, that's part of the reason why we're actors, right? We want to put on all these hats and play these other characters and live in these other worlds. And it's why not now, you know, let yourself live in one of those other worlds for a little while. You, you don't have to actually 
it doesn't define you. It doesn't mean, you know, you are a financial assistant if that's what you end up doing to pay your bills. But, you know, if you can find any kind of job working remotely right now, I think that's a great thing to look into. But it's challenging out there right now. So I do think, I, I wish I had a better answer for you. I don't know. Yeah. No, it's, it's, everything's just hypothesis at this point. We're all just doing what we can do. Have you been, uh, so you, obviously you said you've kept yourself busy. You are very involved in SAG. Has, have you been busy with SAG things during this time? Are you just trying to, you volunteer a lot of your time, obviously? I I mean, I'm, I'm no martyr. I definitely am involved. I am part of the na- the new National Next Gen Performers Committee. And mm. I would definitely, if you don't know what Next Gen is, it's an amazing um, group of people who are really trying to connect the younger people in the union. We say 18 to play 34 um, <laughs> people to, to get you involved with the union and understanding what resources are available to you, but also to do fun, like silly events. We do things like drag queen bingo and we do um, fun kind of community events, uh, but also a lot of educational events too. Like we teach people how to make short films on their iPhones. And um, I, one of my passions is mental health and actors. So I've run a couple panels on mental health for actors through Next Gen Performers Group. Um, So I have been on a few calls with some union leaders just to Mm -hmm. get more information about what's going on. And um, I've been trying to share as much of that in the newsletter as possible. And that's really kind of been my role in this is just trying to help get information out there. Yeah, well, I'm curious what you might've heard is going on with SAG after, because obviously, uh, it, it sounds as though that it's going to be really tough. Getting back to work is going to be tough. Like no matter what industry, we already know that that's going to be hard. Um, getting back to work on something that could be made cheaper, i.e. non-union jobs, um, I think is going to get really, really tempting, uh, from what I'm, from what I'm hearing and what I'm reading. Uh, have they talked about that at all? You know, I haven't been privy to a lot of conversations about that specifically. Um, That being said, I know that our union leaders are working so hard to figure out ways that we can all go back to set and be safe. That's their biggest concern right now is their members and protecting their members. Obviously, I can understand if you're financially struggling, wanting to take a job that looks lucrative and easy to shoot from home, these non-union commercials, but it doesn't make sense in the long run. And I would like plead with all of you, don't do it. Don't do it because your union can't protect you. They, it, like, And you're going to not be able to be a part of the union if you are union and you do it under the radar and get caught. Um, you know, the union's there to protect you, to give, like, it's giving out so much money with the Actors Fund right now, all of these amazing grants. It's, it helped get legislation passed to get the CARES Act actually passed so actors weren't forgotten. I mean, Gabrielle Carteris was on the phone with Nancy Pelosi, like pleading for us actors, saying, you know, why it's so important for us uh, independent contractors to be included in, in the CARES Act. Um, and 
the union's just been doing so many other things. Like they're still processing our residuals. They're sending staff to the building every day. They're risking their lives to go get us our money. So that's really an important thing to remember. There's so much that is going on behind the scenes that I just don't know about. I had heard about three weeks ago that it would be probably three to four months before we would reopen or get back on set. Um, but I don't know where we're at now because things are shifting so quickly. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, a lot's changing. Uh, I would love to hear you talk a little bit more because I can tell you're really passionate about the union and I love, I love that. Uh, a little more about your experience in the union, like how you got into it in the first place and uh, what it's kind of done for you. Because I think if there's any time to inspire people to be a part of a group, like now is the time. Yeah, I mean, I, I joined the union actually because of the merger. So I was part of AFTRA first. I was, um, I did um, background and then did under fives and then was like a recurring under five on Guiding Light back in New York. And then when um, the merger happened, I got to join SAG-AFTRA, which was very exciting. Um, so that's how I joined. Um, and then how I really got involved with in the union is Ben Whitehair um, invited me to um, run for a convention delegate spot and um, I got elected and I learned so much. I really didn't know a lot about the union at all. And um, I encourage all of you to get involved because the union is really us members coming together to support and protect one another. And it is a beautiful thing when you really realize that I think people are always like oh the union or those people and it's like no 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 you are the union what have you done for your union recently and I think that's a really important um, thing to realize and that's why I'm so passionate about next gen is because it does educate people about what is actually out there and I am constantly learning things like there's so much that I don't know about the union and I'm constantly learning so I and I think it's a magical thing. I don't know if I went off on a tangent. No, no, no. I love it. I love it. Uh, I'm a, I'm on the women's committee, so I I'm a, yeah. I I'm I'm feel like I just joined though, and then everything shut down. So I'm like waiting to to do things. Um, but I feel like it's it's like the next step. I wish I would have known to get on a committee earlier on, or to get involved with one, even not like on one, because uh, it's not something that I was told to do or I thought I had time for or that I would make a difference or anything like that. What was your part in being on, uh, not before the committee, when you ran for, I'm so sorry, what was the official title? Yeah, no, I'm a, I, I was a convention delegate the past, I guess it's, I am currently, so it's been two terms. Um, so you really, you're representative, you're representing your market, so Los Angeles, and it's really more, I would be a sub if somebody was not able to attend um, a, a real meeting, mm -hmm. but you also learn about, and see, I don't even really, I don't even know the, well, <laughs> like, no, I sound like an idiot, but that's fine. Um, and, but, but they have this big convention and you get to meet delegates from all over the country and you get to learn more about the union from the actual people behind the scenes, from both the staff and the higher up union leaders. And it's just a really interesting time. And then you get to vote on resolutions and you get to propose resolutions. And that's where a lot of change happens, which is pretty exciting. Um, and I'm, like I said, still really learning a lot about it. It's it's complicated. Unions are have so many rules and there's it, a lot of red tape that you find, but they're also these 
amazing places. And the red tape is there for a reason. It's to protect us. It's, you know, we have to make sure everything is run by our lawyers to make sure that we're doing things correctly so that we can go out and we can negotiate with the AMPTP so we can get what our union needs for its members. Yeah. I think I, it's nice to know that someone who is actively involved also doesn't always know what's going on because there's something that's kind of intimidating about it in terms of like a political structure and you've, you, you know, there's, there's just like a lot going on and to know that you can get involved just because you're an excited actor is, is much more inviting, I think. Absolutely. And here's the thing. Nobody knew when they first got involved, all of these things. You learn as you go. And I'm still learning as as I go. And I hope to continue to learn. And you can go to meetings, you know, and you can take in what's what's happening in your local market and learn more. And I think that's important to know. People don't know that. But come to Next Gen if you're 18 to play 34. And even if you're not, we welcome everybody. And we have fun, silly events. And it's a good time. That's good. We should we should do a, a combined event. We can do a. I'll get the listeners to all come, and we can all come hang out. That would be really yeah, fun, actually. That's so fun. We do like pizza parties and and fun events like that, and then obviously also lots of educational things. But it's very cool. I'm on the the LA local committee and also the new national committee. So the LA local stuff, yeah. You guys awesome. should come. Uh, I can't wait to go to a meeting of anything. To be honest, right? <laughs> <laughs> Um, so what, I mean, I'm trying to think of, of other ways that actors would have questions for you as you kind of, because you're in charge of the newsletter that's getting to be so popular. I feel like there is a, uh, there is a, uh, like, not like a title, but like a, people are going to look up to you right now, right? Like there's, and you might not even realize it and it's probably overwhelming and feels weird and, you know, imposter syndrome and all that. Um, have actors reached out to you and talked to you about it? I'm sure people have said like they were confused about something or intimidated by something. Like what kind of feedback have you been getting? Yeah. And you're so sweet. And you're also a leader in doing this podcast. You're sharing so much information with other people who, who, you know, maybe don't know how to ask other people these questions. And I think it's really cool. Um, for the newsletter, I mean, people are lovely and they've been reaching out with a lot of gratitude and it makes me feel really warm and fuzzy inside. And like, like I said, it gives my days purpose and I can get emotional about it if I talk about it too much because I do, the, the thought that I can make a difference in a person's life in any way right now during quarantine is so meaningful to me. Um, it's definitely overwhelming. I do feel a bit of a sense of pressure to perform or something. And I hope, you know, even on this podcast, I'm like, God, I don't know people, what people expect for who I am. And I hope I'm enough, which is, you know, what we all struggle with, I think. Um, it's hard for me sometimes because like, I want to respond to every actor who reaches out and I don't always have the time to do that. And I feel bad about that. And I also like, I've been really grateful to be able to come on here and talk about the overwhelm that I think is happening when people get the newsletter, because that's the last thing that I want actors to feel. I really want them to feel empowered by the information and know that they have it and it's accessible to them if they want it, but to not feel like they have to, or they should be doing everything on it. That would be insane. (laughs) It's lengthy. Yeah. (laughs) You actually can't do everything. There's too many Instagram lives. You can't show up to all of them. No, no. And it's like, do what excites you and and do what's going to help you get up and get through your day right now. Um, 
And I mean, yes, I would say try to do a couple things that might make you uncomfortable to push yourself out of your comfort space, whether that's, you know, you know, you probably should be thinking about your mental health, but do you really want to listen to a panel on mental health right now? Just click, just listen to five minutes of it. You can turn it off. Nobody's, you know, gonna be upset if you turn it off, but just put yourself there for a little while and, and try that new thing. Give yourself 60 seconds of that Pilates workout that you've, you know, never tried or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just think we can't be too hard on ourselves right now. And I think actors in general have a tendency to just feel like, woe is me. There's so many things to do. I'm so stressed out. So I'm just not going to do anything. <laughs> oh my God. Did you, did you read my mind this morning? <laughs> <laughs> but here you are. Here you are yeah. doing something very productive. And also it's okay if you are having a really crap day and you need to do nothing, that's okay too. Uh, yeah. How would you advise people help cut out the noise? I know there's a lot of productivity. They call it, started calling it productivity porn on social media, which I think is just hilarious. Um, and there's a lot of, and then there's news and then there's this, and then there's that. And how, you know, what would you tell to your, your clients to cut out all the noise that's going on right now? Yeah. I, I that's a great question. I think you have to figure out for yourself what you're triggered by more than anything else. You know, some people can handle a lot more noise than other people can. I would say, you know, if for you, Instagram is particularly triggering, don't go on Instagram for so long. And if you do set a timer for yourself, you get 20 minutes to check out your friend's Instagrams. And after that, that timer goes off and you're done. Um, I think creating routine in your life right now is just really important. And I think that's, if you can give yourself that, I think it will help just cut out the noise in general, because if you're not necessarily in front of your computer, you want to find things that you can do that are deep work that you're going to like flow in right now as much as you can. So I don't know, for me, like those things are working out, you know, I'm not there's no noise when I'm working out. I'm just doing the thing, you know, when I'm working on the newsletter, there's not a lot of noise. I'm, compiling things. I'm doing the thing. So what for you, you know, tunes out that stuff and trying to figure that out. Maybe it is working on a puzzle. Maybe it is working on a self tape, but doing deep work of some kind can be really helpful. Yeah. No, I love that. Do you have a routine you've tried to follow and establish in this craziness? For the most part? Yes and no. <laughs> okay, great. Um, so I wake up every morning and I usually read the news on my phone from bed. I personally, I like to know what's happening and what's going on. So I'll read New York Times and LA Times articles in bed. I usually pet my cat for a little while after that and just like lay around, hang out. Then I get up, I get my coffee and on a good day, which is probably every other day right now, I will write down five things that I'm grateful for mm -hmm. and um, try to really ground myself in that to start my day. Um, I usually do the newsletter for about an hour in the morning. I find I'm really productive early in the morning. Um, and then at some point between 10 and two, I'll work out during the day. <laughs> oh my God, same. <laughs> same. Um, <laughs> some point I'll do it. I don't know. Um, and then I usually have some sort of social thing in the, um, evenings right now, early evenings, I would say like usually around like five or five 30. And I have certain ones that are happening on repeat every week with different friend groups, which I found really helpful. Um, and just connecting with people. I haven't gotten a chance to talk to in a long time, friends from college and, um, 
some of my friends from New York that I don't get to see as much. So that's been a really nice thing. Um, and of course, I'm working on the newsletter in the evenings. And then, you know, sometimes it's really stressful. It's gotten a lot less stressful. In the beginning, it was really hard for me. And now I kind of have systems in place. So it's really not that challenging to get it out every day. Um, it used to take me like some days, five hours to do. Ugh, and I, I feel that MailChimp newsletter struggle. I know exactly how you feel. Well, now they're like charging me for to send the newsletter and I have to figure out a way. I'm going to like email them and ask if I can, if somehow they'll waive the fee because I don't want to charge actors for this newsletter. But I also don't want to be paying to send it. Is it MailChimp? Yeah, it is. Uh, they're the, it's like, as soon as you have over a certain number of people, it's like the numbers just, it's all of a sudden you're paying $20 for an email. I know exactly your struggle. Now I'm paying even more because I'm sending them so often. It's very weird. So I have to figure it out. But like you, and I so related to you when you talked on your podcast about, you know, this is a hobby for you and you're, you want to do it for free for people as much as possible. But I would also encourage you, you are providing a lot of value. And I don't think that there's anything wrong to ask people for money for your services because you are providing a service for people. Thanks. It's challenging though. And I get that it's, yeah, it can be uncomfortable. Um, and I don't ever want to ask people at least during quarantine to pay for any kind of newsletter information. Yeah. Yeah. yeah now it feels kind of icky. To yeah. ask anyone for anything. But that being, I don't think it should feel icky to ask anyone for anything. I think, well, I can ask, I like, I like asking people for their time and for their thoughts and for that. But right now money, like when I'm in a good place with money, I, and I know other people aren't, like I feel, I know what you mean. Like I would feel weird asking. For sure. For you just have to remember that not everyone is in a bad place. A lot of people are certainly, but you have to know not everybody is. And so I do think that if you're doing an offering of some sort, it is okay as long as you understand who your audience is and what's going on in the world. Yeah. Um, that means that I'm totally weird about money sometimes too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can coach other people, but not myself. Um, right, right. I was going to say, thanks for that tidbit. I really feel good. <laughs> uh yeah, I don't know. I lost my turn of thought. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, I, it was about your routines, but I think I like that. I, it sounds very similar to mine. Like I have things that I get done between like seven and 10. And then all of a sudden I'm like, I blink and it's 345 and I'm like, what's for dinner? Like it's. Yeah. Some days feel really, really short to me and some feel monotonous and long. And again, I think that's normal. I think whatever you're experiencing is probably you know, we have to reach out for help if we need it, whether that's a friend or, you know, a actual professional, but it sounds like you're doing pretty well, Sam. Yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay. I have all, I'll always figure out my own schedule. You know, I heard this interesting thing on uh, This American Life yesterday where a therapist was talking to couples during quarantine and they talked about how uh, one person in one of the couples had usually been the, the the one with issues, the dramatic one, the one who had trauma. Yeah. And for some reason, um, during quarantine, it showed that that particular member of that couple uh, actually became elevated to a place of comfort. They became like the comforter. They became, you know, a little bit more in control of the relationship. And they said that was because 
that that person had experienced so much trauma and so much unknown in their life that they were fully prepared with all of the tools to handle what was going on right now. And I just think that if there's actors out there who are thinking like, I'm actually doing kind of okay, it's probably because we've all spent X amount of time not knowing when the next job is, not knowing when the next, uh, you know, anything is going to happen and being in a, just a place of like, I guess I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. That's that like, so we, yeah, no, we kind of might've had the tools to already handle this better than other people. Well, I do think, you know, and when I listened to these other therapists talk, they were saying, you know, these times are very uncertain and you're right. Actors are used to living in a state of uncertainty all the time. A lot of actors live in that state constantly in terms of their careers. That being said, of course, now we're, things are even more uncertain and there's health things. And yes. You know. A lot of fear. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, I think everybody is kind of handling it differently for sure. Um, and everybody's trauma response is different. You know, my trauma response is how can I help other people? And that's sometimes to my own detriment. Um, yeah. But other people's trauma response is, you know, I want to sit on the couch and just sit. And both of those things are, are valid and normal. And I keep saying that over and over again, but I think it's important. Yeah. How do you, I one one last question I want to get in is how do you take care of yourself as such an empathetic person who wants to take care of others? Because I think a lot of actors have those traits. So how do you take care of yourself in all of that? Yeah, it's challenging. It's been challenging for me because um, I do want to answer every actor's email that's sending me something about the newsletter. And I do want to show up at my best friend's virtual birthday party and talk for five hours and drink all the wine. Mm -hmm. uh, so <laughs> it's, it's fun. Uh, fun's not the right word. What was the question? How do I set boundaries for myself during this mm -hmm. time is how I'm interpreting it. Um, I don't know that I'm doing a good job, to be honest. I think it's a, it's a daily struggle. Um, and that's something that I deal with in my normal life anyway. Um, I do think I'm aware of it and I'm constantly saying to myself, you, that's enough you've done enough. That's good. And especially, you know, even with the newsletter, I'm kind of a bit of a perfectionist sometimes. And I've really had to say done is better than perfect. It's okay. If there's typos, it's okay. If one link doesn't work there, if somebody's going to find some value in this, then it was worth it. And, um, so it's a struggle, I think. Um, and sometimes I have to say, you know, I'm really busy right now. Can we talk next week? And it's a weird time to say to somebody, I have a lot going on and I'm overcommitted. But I've also actually been saying to people and being very upfront and saying, I'm really trying hard to take care of my own mental health right now. Could we wait and do it next week? And people have been responding really well to that. That's great. And also something I think we could take into life after this. Yeah. Yeah. Not always overcommitting ourselves. You were saying on your podcast, you were like, sometimes I'm a flaky actor and I, and I don't show. And I, I was thinking she's definitely not a flaky actor. Or a flaky person. <laughs> I can tell she's not, but sometimes you have to set boundaries for yourself and your own mental health. And you, even something that you said yes to, sometimes you have to pull out of. And um, hopefully it's not a habit that we do all the time, but especially during this time right now, I, I think it's okay to say no to things and it's okay to, um, you know, set boundaries for yourself. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of permission that we need sometimes is to 
it's weird to say no to things when there's not really a lot of life going on. And But there is. It's just more in here. I'm pointing to my brain. People are listening. And uh, a little less external. Yeah. And I mean, this is our lives. We are literally like breathing in and out. This is life right now. So we do have to find ways to cope and to make the best of a bad situation. And um, yeah. we're all just doing the best we can. And so I just hope some people are finding value out of the newsletter and hopefully they're not putting too much pressure on themselves. And um, I'm grateful to you, Sam, for bringing me on here and letting me talk about it a little bit and Absolutely. talk to everyone. Yeah. I mean, thanks. We, I, I appreciate what you did and what you're doing. It saved me a lot of time because I was going to try something at that point, but I don't think I could have done it with the uh, cleanliness of an email format that you chose to do. So thank you. <laughs> No problem. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Five hours a day, all good. <laughs> oh my gosh. Jenna, where can uh, we direct people to? Where do you want them to check out a website or your Instagram? Obviously the newsletter, everyone, you should be getting it. Yeah. Uh, we'll put the newsletter maybe in the show notes or something, but um, my my Instagram and my Twitter is that doolittle, T-H-A-T, doolittle, D-O-O. Um yeah, Actors Rise website should be live at some point, but you know, I'm not trying to put too, too much pressure on myself to get it live. It was supposed to be live, but then this happened and we're going to, you know, eventually. It's called, it's called pivoting. It's called yeah. pivoting. You yeah. are fine. <laughs> if you're interested, you can join the Actors Rise Facebook group as well. And I'd love to, to have you join. Just please answer the questions because I want to know more about who you are before just saying join, even though anybody can join as long as you tell me who you are. <laughs> Great. Oh, Jenna, thank you so, so much. Thank you for having me. I can't wait to hang out with you in person. I know. Oh. That brings us to the end of podcast one of this quarantine season. Thank you, Jenna, so much, not only for giving me the time to interview you, but also for all you are doing with the newsletter. If you guys aren't on this update letter yet, you should be on it. It's in the show notes. It's in my bio on Instagram. It's just so great to see other actors in this time trying to find a way to help other actors. I can't recommend enough that this is perhaps one of the best ways I've been able to get out of my funk. Um, some days it's what gets me up in the morning is knowing that I have something to do and something to give to you guys. So thank you so much for listening. I am deciding how I'm going to let these podcasts release over this time. I don't know if it's going to be one a week, two a week, when they're going to come. Some are going to be shorter. Some are going to be longer. It's just going to be a wild season six, but we're going to do it because... This is the time to do it. Why not, right? If you guys have anything you want me to cover on this podcast season, please, please, please tell me at the One Broke Actress Instagram. I love your messages on there. And also, it would mean the world to me if you shared this with someone. Um, we didn't do a big announcement or anything for season six. So if you could share this with someone, screenshot it, pop it on your Instagram. And also, if you could rate and review this podcast, because I know unless you're one of our hero health care workers, grocery store workers, any essential jobs out there who are heroes, the rest of you we're home heroes and we got to rate and review our podcast you hear what i'm saying all right guys i love you all so much we're gonna get through this together see you next week <laughs>